Welcome to the Como Politicast. I'm Jeff Podula. We're just two weeks from Election Day, and Joe Biden maintains a healthy lead over President Donald Trump. At the moment, the national polls show the former vice president with a roughly 10-point advantage, and the state-by-state polls aren't much different. But given what happened four years ago, just how accurate are these polls? Joining me now is Jeffrey Skelly. He's an elections analyst for 538.com. And uh, I guess first off, let's let's go back four years. What happened with the polls in 2016? There's been a lot of discussion about that, as you can imagine. And uh, one one very sort of thorough report on polling in 2016 suggested that uh, a couple things happened. Uh, one is that because of the nature of the 2016 election, there were more voters who were undecided or said they were going to back a third party candidate. And at the end of the day, a lot of those voters picked you know, a side in the end between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and they disproportionately went for Trump. Uh, and so that was, was important. Uh, and there, so there was more uncertainty in the polls and maybe some of the coverage of the polls didn't quite reflect uh, the degree of uncertainty that we should have. Uh, and at the same time, there was also in a few key states, ones that had uh, fairly large populations of white voters without a college degree uh, who went for Trump by very large margins in 2016. We, we found that uh, polls uh, tended to maybe undersample or underrepresent those voters to some extent. Uh, so that uh, maybe led to some polling that showed Clinton doing better than she really was doing, or Trump, more importantly, maybe Trump not doing as well uh, as he was actually doing. And so those were, I think, some of the major takeaways uh, from uh, sort of post-mortems on what happened in 2016. Is it fair to say that the national polls were fairly accurate four years ago, but it was the state polls that were off? I think that's a fair summation. Uh, the, The national polls were generally pretty good. And on the whole, the polls weren't bad. It's just that the direction of the error and the size of the error was large enough that it obviously had uh, <laughs> that you know the the ultimate decision was was different from what the polls showed. Uh, so you know you could have an election where the where the error would actually be larger, but if it was in the direction of the candidate winning, then you might not even notice it, right? Uh, but because President Trump won, uh, the error I think was was maybe magnified and even talked about it like it was larger than it even was. Uh, so yeah. But the national polls were better uh, than the state polls. So what have pollsters changed since then? Well, in talking to pollsters, I think one of the the key things that showed up uh, among many of them was that they are now waiting by college education, uh, or they're even going further than that uh, in some cases. So many polls in 2016, especially some of the state polls that we talked about uh, in places like Michigan or Pennsylvania, maybe they weren't weighting their samples to try to match them up with uh, what the electorate looked like in terms of college education or what the population looked like uh, in terms of education. And so that was a way that they were missing or underrepresenting uh, the number of voters who don't have a college degree. And education's become a really big split in our politics. Voters with uh, a four-year college degree are more likely to vote Democratic. Uh, than once without it. So that was a, a key thing that they were missing to some extent in 2016. And now by waiting for that, uh, you're trying to, to make sure you're capturing that better uh, in the poll results. And also on top of that, some pollsters are, are going even further by specifically trying to match the the race and education share of the population together. So uh, the, mo- the most obvious way here is 
say, the percentage of the population that is white with a college degree and the percentage of the population that is white without a college degree because white voters are where that, that split shows up the most. Um, voters of color, there doesn't tend to be as big a split there. Um, so that's like another way that in the waiting process that pollsters do and they take a sample and you know, they call a bunch of people uh, randomly and they try to, to uh, they, you know, get a fair sample of the population and then they wait it to try to adjust it to the population to make sure they're, they're ag- accurately representing um, the population that they're trying to just show, in this case, voters. It sounds like they were undersampling, uh, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it, white, uneducated men. Is that accurate? Well, that was certainly part of it. I mean, I think, you, just, you know, men or women, uh, either way, uh, voters who, white voters without a college degree, and, and that was a group that voted overwhelmingly for President Trump. President Trump did better, uh, you know, much better than Mitt Romney had done. Mitt Romney had already won that group by a large margin. Uh, in 2012. So to sort of overstate the education of the electorate had real ramifications for the sort of polling results that you saw, especially in in a lot of state polls where pollsters were not waiting by education. I should point out that a a number of larger national outfits, particularly for a lot of the major media organizations, were waiting by education. But some of those state polls weren't doing that necessarily. And so that I think that also played into sort of the polling myth that we saw. Is there more polling being done in uh, state to state this time around, particularly in those swing states of Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, Ohio? Are we seeing more surveys going out? One of the things that some pollsters told us is that they are trying to make sure that they're focusing more on those key battleground states. Uh, For instance, uh, one pollster told me that you know, in 2016, they had had a real national focus and even trying to get data sort of from all 50 states. Uh, but that, of course, meant that they, they weren't focused as much on the states that were going to decide the election. And so this cycle, they are focusing much more on making sure that they are, in terms of state level polling, that it is very focused on the states that are most likely to decide the election. So I do think we're going to see more polls up to election day. That was another thing that came out of 2016 is that in a fair number of the key battleground states, we actually didn't get that many polls in the last few days of the election. Uh, So I think that also played into not necessarily seeing that maybe President Trump was winning over a fair number of undecided voters or voters who didn't like either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. That group of voters ended up going pretty strongly for Trump in the end. Uh, So, you know, maybe to some extent that that lack of polling at the very last minute also was one of the reasons why there was a bit of a polling mess in 2016. And if you look back to 2016, one of the last things to happen in that cycle was that Comey letter about reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails. So I guess what you're saying is the polls didn't really capture that as sort of the October surprise that changed minds? Well, national polls, I think, did show that. I mean, we've we've looked at this a fair bit. Uh, at, at 538. And one of the sort of postmortem things we found analyzing the 2016 polls is that the, the Comey letter definitely hurt Hillary Clinton's numbers. I mean, there was a noticeable drop off in the national polls for her uh, in terms of her, her lead over, over Donald Trump. But it is possible that there weren't quite as many state polls that would show that or would show perhaps not even that Clinton's level of support was, was down, but that President Trump, now President Trump, was picking up support uh, and narrowing the margin or even taking the lead in some cases. And so, yeah, the, the lack of state polls in the last few days uh, was, was definitely part of the story in 2016. Was, was this a major shift for pollsters? Because for the large part, you know, for the previous 
several decades, they'd been fairly accurate, didn't have a major miss. So is this like a, a come-to-Jesus moment for a lot of the pollsters? I'm not sure I'd put it that way. I think pollsters are always trying to uh, adjust their methods to make sure they're getting the most accurate uh, picture they can of what's going on with the with voters or the population, whatever they're they're trying to find out about. Um, and so, you know, I think you see them making methodological adjustments as time goes. I mean, some pollsters had already been moving on to polling more online before the 2016 election because it's getting harder and harder to get uh, a good sample, or I should say more expensive to get a good sample using phone calls, uh, for instance, and, and people are less likely to respond than they used to be to phone calls. Uh, and a lot of pollsters have moved away from that are still using phones, I should say, have moved away from just randomly calling by digits, known as random digit dialing. Um, nowadays, a lot of them to make sure that they're really going to reach voters and it's not as expensive for them, use lists of, of registered voters from states uh, to make sure they're actually reaching people um, and so for drawing their samples. So when they randomly select somebody, it's from that voter list instead of just a random number. Uh, so, uh, you know, there are different changes that have been made over time by pollsters. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I want to say that it's uh, been a come to Jesus moment. I, I, because at the end of the day, actually, a few pollsters have not necessarily shifted to wedding by education, but they have tried to find other ways of maybe accounting for uh, geographical factors, um, for instance, like population density. Some pollsters are making sure they are doing a better job of, of weighting by sort of urban, suburban, and rural respondents, uh, because we know that the denser a place is, in terms of its population, the more likely it tends to vote Democratic. Uh, so uh, waiting by that can maybe even take away some of the, uh, the, the waiting by education challenges as well. At least one pollster has argued that uh, and is doing that more uh, instead. So, I mean, there are different approaches, but it, there's no question that pollsters are, are at least somewhat concerned by what happened in 2016. And, and some of them have tried to make sort of that change to, to address it. So I guess the bottom line is how confident are you, as not as a pollster, but as someone who analyzes polls and elections, that the polls are accurate this time around? I'd say I'm reasonably confident. And I and I the sort of the source of that is the error that we saw in 2016 wasn't so large, historically speaking. Uh, it's just, again, it was in a direction where the, the slim margins that the election was decided by I think magnified the miss uh, and made it look bigger than it even was. Uh, so at the end of the day, I don't have any reason to think that the polls are going to be notably worse this time around. Uh, in fact, in 2018, they were quite good. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm reasonably confident that, that they'll be accurate. Uh, and I, but I will say that maybe one of the things we should keep in mind and one of the concerns that pollsters raised with me and my colleague when we were doing a story on this is that, one worry is because of the nature of voting during the COVID-19 pandemic, you, you could have a situation where for some reason there's a challenge with, with counting the votes or maybe issues with people actually turning out because of concerns about COVID-19. If there's like a real spike in the next couple of weeks in some states and people don't show up on election day because they're suddenly more afraid of it. And how does that affect how we match up the final election results with what the polls are showing? Uh, and does that create an, an issue where maybe it looks like a miss and maybe there wouldn't have been otherwise? So that is something to keep in mind with 2020 is a challenge we definitely did not have 
four years ago. All right, Jeffrey Skelly, an election analyst for 538. You can read more at 538.com and also listen to the 538 Politics Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. And that will do it for this episode of the Como Politicast. My thanks to Jeffrey Skelly of 538.com for joining us. If you like the show, please leave a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts. And for more, be sure to check out our other shows, such as Como News This Week, Life Beat with Marina Rockinger, and our hourly news updates, all available at comonews.com slash podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening and have a good week.